This is Dream Chasers, episode 24, with Danny Vargas. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Adam Carswell, and welcome to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. On Dream Chasers, we interview individuals with supernatural amounts of potential based on early success in their careers. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, and today I'm joined by Danny Vargas. Danny is the president and founder of Varcom Solutions and is the chairman of the Friends of the National Museum of the American Latino. He's originally from Brooklyn, New York City, and now resides in beautiful Fairfax County, Virginia. Danny, thanks for being on the show, and do you have any opening remarks for our listeners? Hi, Adam. Thank you so very much for having me. It's a pleasure to join you and your, and your audience. I think the only thing I would add would be uh, the fact that Barcom, my company, is a marketing and public relations firm, and we also do uh, uh, government contracting in addition to our commercial clients. Uh, I've been involved with the museum effort uh, for about 10 years, and I look forward to, to speaking with you about it. Exactly. And that kind of prompts why um, I wanted to have Danny on the show. Previously, I've interviewed um, an individual named Raquel Boris. And she's the one who introduced me to Danny. Now, you can kind of get the feel that Danny's been doing what he's been doing for a while. He's, he's a pretty well-seasoned professional. However, uh, the National Museum, Museum of the American Latino is a younger, newer project. And it's something that is on the horizon and, uh, and in the future for all of us here in the U.S. And so that's where the dream chasers aspect kind of plays in here. Danny, how long have you been working on that project, the uh, National Museum of the American Latino? So I've been involved directly for, uh, like I said, about 10 years now, but the actual uh, effort began. I'll give you the short version of the story. The short version of the story starts about 525 years ago um, <laughs> because it was 525 years ago in 1493 that Spain first arrived on the shores of what is now U.S. territory in Puerto Rico. Uh, that was 114 years before the British uh, ever got to Jamestown, Virginia, to establish the first permanent British settlement uh, in the New World. And in fact, the first permanent European settlement in what is now continental United States uh, was in 1565 in St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, so fast forward to 1994 when the Smithsonian Institution uh, put together a task force to see how well they were doing in terms of portraying Latino stories. Well, that task force came back with a report and the name that they chose for their report was Willful Neglect, uh, saying basically not only was the Smithsonian doing a poor job of portraying those Latino stories, but it seemed as if they were doing it on purpose. So several years later, there was an effort in Congress to create a commission to study the feasibility of creating an American Latino Museum, which was among the 10 uh, recommendations that came from the Willful Neglect uh, Task Force. That bill was finally passed in 2008 and signed into law by President Bush. I was appointed to that commission by John Boehner, uh, along with 22 other people appointed by both Congress and, and the president. We finally had our first meeting in September of 2009, and we delivered our report to Congress and President Obama in May of 2011. Uh, and our report, the title that we chose for our report was to illuminate the American story for the benefit of all, uh, for the benefit of everyone, Latinos and non-Latinos, Americans and those visiting our country that want to get a better feel for who we are as a, as a nation. And the three basic fundamental findings that, that we came up with was, number one, that there was a clear and uh, important need for this museum. Number two, it should be part of the Smithsonian Institution. And number three, it really ought to be on the National Mall. 
Wow. Very cool. And good to know that the short version of the story is actually over 500 years old. I like that. <laughs> after that, after delivering our report to, to Congress and the president, it became clear that there, there needed to be enabling legislation in Congress to allow the Smithsonian to move forward with the museum initiative. There was a 501c3 Friends of the National Museum of the American Latino Group formed. Uh, I am now the chairman of that uh, 501c3 group, and we've been shepherding along the, the legislation and, and continuing to educate the public and members of Congress about the importance of this museum initiative. And that's where we are right now, is trying to get the bill passed in Congress and trying to continue to raise visibility about the project. And so in regards to the establishment of this museum, at what point or what moment, was there a defining moment when you realized, wow, I really want to be a part of this. I really want to take this to the next level. Well, you know what the impetus for me wanting to get involved was the, the notion that there is a, a stark misperception, I believe, that has uh, been building up uh, in recent years about the Latino community. Uh, and I want to make sure that the more positive aspects of the community were highlighted, but also uh, for a more complete and accurate telling of American history. As I mentioned earlier, the United States of America didn't begin in terms of the, the, uh, the development of the nation in Jamestown in 1607. It started long before then when the Spanish settlers came and, and established settlements throughout the South and the Southwest of the country. And then, frankly, from a personal perspective, I wanted to make sure that my children were able to go to a national museum on the mall in D.C. and see stories of families like theirs. If you go into the, the national museums that we have today on the National Mall, the portfolio of wonderful uh, museums, very little of it includes those Latino stories and, and the important contributions that the community has made for over 500 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in regards to your, your kids bringing more wealth from an abstract perspective to the Latino community. Those are two things that you can kind of tell, I would, I would consider your why, but is there a deeper why or is there another why behind your initiative? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the, the vision that I had in my mind and the, the picture I have in my mind's eye is that of a, of a young Latina or Latino walking into this museum, not knowing a lot about uh, Latino heritage in this country, but being able to walk through the, uh, the halls of this museum, in addition to the other museums on the National Mall, and seeing the great monuments that we have in D.C. and visiting Congress. But as they're walking through the American Latino Museum, they'll see the stories throughout the centuries of contributions that the Latino community has made. Um, you know, people like Rita Moreno, one of the first people to ever win an Emmy, a Grammy, Oscar, and a Tony. People like Roberto Clemente, one of the greatest sports legends that this country has ever produced. Um, so many military heroes. There have been 60 Hispanic Medal of Honor recipients. Uh, and so many wonderful stories about people from the Revolutionary War, like General Galvez, who, without whose help, General Washington would not have won the Revolutionary War. Uh, Admiral Farragut in the Civil War, the first admiral of the United States Navy, whose father was a, a Spanish soldier fighting on behalf of the U.S. in the Revolutionary War. Heroes in uh, World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, etc. Those stories uh, need to be told, and and I can see that young person walking through the halls of this museum and leaving, proud not only to be a, a Latino but also proud to be an American. I love it. I love it. What would you say are the downsides to working on this project, and what are some of the positives? 
Well, so I, I think the only downside that I would point to is the would be the amount of time that it's it's taking. As with any large project, uh, when you have to deal with uh, both a legislative uh, effort as well as a public education effort, it takes uh, a while. It takes time. Uh, so it's it's a, a, a long slog. I mean, that's the that's the downside. But those, there are a lot of us that have been dedicated and devoted to this effort for for several years and uh, I think we have a passion to make sure that this is a legacy project that that we can leave behind to our children and grandchildren on the upside it gave me a phenomenal opportunity to go around the country and talk to members of the public uh, and elected officials and community leaders about how important it is for us to make sure that these the stories of these contributions, are, are told and commemorated and that we also have an opportunity to inspire future generations. You know, Adam, the Latino population in this country has now reached 18% of the population. The U.S. Census Bureau tells us that uh, by the year 2060, Latinos will make up 30% of the population. So if we hope to remain a strong and vibrant um, and uh, uh, thriving nation in the future, that segment of the population needs to feel acknowledged and engaged and invested in our future. Absolutely. And I was kind of looking at your um, your bio a little bit before our call. I noticed you have uh, some pretty significant international experiences while traveling. I think I saw something about France, some other areas maybe you can enlighten, enlighten us on. But um, how has that, how do you believe those experiences have fueled your initiative with the uh, National Museum for the American Latino? Sure. I mean, I, I have been blessed. I mean, I joined, uh, I grew up in fairly austere conditions and, uh, and in a poor environment and a broken home in Brooklyn. I joined the Air Force at 17 and was able to uh, experience wonderful, amazing things in my service. Uh, I was stationed in Panama for about five years, got out of the Air Force and went to work for a government contracting organization, traveling mostly throughout Latin America, uh, went on to the telecommunications industry and uh, rose through the ranks to become an executive in companies like Sprint and Trans Telecom, uh, traveled uh, to Europe. Uh, so I was able to see different parts of the world and different cultures mm -hmm. and gained a great appreciation for the United States and the American experiment uh, and how we've been able to bring people from every corner of the planet into our American family and how we've been able to uh, grow as a nation and, and embrace uh, folks from all over the world and make them part of our American family, uh, which is why it's important for us to be able to have this museum so we can acknowledge and celebrate the contributions of the Latino community for over 500 years. I've said it before that for over 500 years, we've been relying on Latinos to fight our wars and to run our businesses, to tend our fields and to mend our wounds, to teach our kids, patrol our streets, write our laws, and share the word of God. It's only proper and fitting that we have a museum that can tell the vastness and the greatness of that story. I couldn't agree more. Talking about how long this is kind of, uh, how long the process has been taking for better, for worse, where do you see the project in three years? So my hope in three years is that we will have a, uh, a piece of enabling legislation approved by the Congress and signed into law by the president, that by then the Smithsonian would have begun the process of doing its due diligence and uh, site selection process and engineering studies are well underway, uh, that there is a process to establish a, a governing board for that museum. 
um, and that we can begin the process of uh, educating the public about the uh, museum and moving forward with it and begin the process of curating the contents of it. It's going to be an incredible challenge to curate something that uh, massive in terms of the 500 years of history, in terms of history, art, and culture. Whoever is hired to be the executive director of that museum will have a wonderful but daunting challenge to make sure that all of those stories can be told in a cohesive way, but it will be a fascinating story to be told. And I can guarantee you, if nothing else, it would have the best food court in the history of mankind. (laughs) Yes, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I'm wondering, because from the public perspective, you know, even from my perspective, the most we know about this project is kind of what you've shared with us and what we can go online and research. Is there something that you um, have seen that you would personally like to see happen internally, kind of behind the curtain with the individuals working on the project? Sure. I think one of the things that I think would be vital would, would be to make sure that um, that the National uh, American Latino Museum um, functions as a, a, a way to be able to bring together the already existing Latino and Hispanic museums and cultural centers as a way that we can uh, share information, share content, share uh, support, uh, because they are doing wonderful work in their localities, whether it's in New York or New Mexico. There are already existing museums and cultural centers that are doing a wonderful job, and I think the National Museum ought to be able to help uh, all of them interact with each other and, and provide additional support. I think that's an essential element. The other thing that I would uh, look to see would be making sure that we can leverage technology uh, so that not everything has to be a, a physical visit to a structure with walls and artifacts that are tangible, but we can also leverage technology to uh, share a, a digital museum to those visitors that can't make it to the National Mall in Washington, D.C. So all of those things are, are things to be developed in the future, but those would be a couple of, uh, of examples where, in addition to a having a physical building in D.C., that there are ways that we can have a greater impact outside of D.C. and throughout the world. Great. Yeah, I hope everyone on the, uh, on the board gets to, gets to check this interview out, too, to kind of reinforce everything, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and everyone who's interested in making sure that we have a more complete and accurate telling of American history. All right. So we're getting near the end of the interview now, Danny, but I've got three fun questions for you, kind of get to know you a little bit more as a person. Um, and since, sure. we ha- since we happen to be here in, in the beautiful District of Columbia, uh, the first question is, what is your favorite street in D.C.? Um, the second one is, uh, what is your favorite Latin American country? I'm sure that, that'll be a, a fun answer. <laughs> and, um, third one is, what is your favorite color? So favorite street in oh. D.C., Latin American country, and favorite color. So my favorite street in D.C., I, I have to say, is probably M Street, both because of you've got M Street in uh, Georgetown and all the fun things you can do there, but also the M Street by the wharf and by this, the baseball stadium. So uh, Northwest M Street and Southeast M Street are both great areas, but it's, D.C. has become such a vibrant city. It really uh, has. And seeing all the, uh, of, of the development that's taken place, I mean, we've lived here for 27 years, so seeing the changes take place over the last quarter century have been phenomenal. And in terms of Latin American countries, you know, oh, it's, that's a tough one. I've been <laughs> all over the region. Um, I, I, there's only maybe two or three countries that I haven't been to. My favorite destination, uh, so being of Puerto Rican descent, I love the, the uh, island where my family is from. So mm-hmm. everyone ought to go to Puerto Rico if they haven't already gone. 
It's a three and a half hour flight from DC, and you don't even I need a passport. Don't need a- don't need a passport. Bring your U.S. dollars. It's a phenomenal place, and we need to support the economy to make sure that we can recover from uh, the still devastating effects of Hurricane Maria. But I absolutely adore places like Argentina and visiting there and loving the music and the food. Colombia is one of my favorite destinations on the planet. Seeing how far Colombia has gone in terms of its economy and the people are some of the, the sweetest, smartest people you'd ever want to meet. I was just in Uruguay a couple of years ago for the first time. Beautiful place. Uh, Chile is is just a phenomenal country and, and everyone I've ever met from there is just the salt of the earth. Great people. Uh, I'm very sad to see what's happened in Venezuela. I used to love going to Venezuela, um, but it breaks my heart to see what's happened to that to that beautiful place. Mm-hmm. So there, there are so many wonderful places in Latin America. It's, it's hard to, to narrow it down to one. Yeah, and I have to agree with you on Colombia as well. I was there in May and have been telling individuals over and over how you you bet you just you should just probably not watch Narcos before you go there because it's nothing like what Colombia is really like right now. It is um, you know, as you were saying, like a first class, great economy, people are super nice, you can walk the streets at night as long as you know you're not in a dangerous area, which is what you would do in any major city. So um I was very impressed with Colombia and Hablo un poquito español, so gracias. And then your last question, I think, uh, was what? Favorite color? Yeah. I'm uh, Blue is my favorite color, and I grew up in New York City, and I grew up a, a New York Mets fan, so blue and orange together I, I, I relate to. But the other thing I would, I would share in terms of things that I would love to be able to have uh, your audience um, think about a little bit is one of the things that I really enjoy doing is speaking to young people. Um, and I, cause I talked to him about where I grew up in my background and what I've been able to, uh, to do and experience in my life. And they've asked me, well, if I can condense any advice to just a few short words, I say, well, the best piece I ever got, uh, advice I ever got was very succinct. It was aim high, work hard and stay humble. Uh, those six words, uh, put together really do give sort of a roadmap for young people that are aspiring, aspiring to, to, to achieve whatever their dreams might be. If they can aim high and set their sights on something lofty that they can aspire to, if they can work hard and never give up. And, you know, my, the one thing I learned from my mom that I, I have always taken with me is, you know, when they tell you to sit down, don't sit down, especially when they tell you to sit down. <laughs> fighting keep going i like that so work hard and stay humble never forget where you come from never forget where your your parents or your grandparents uh came from and what they had to do uh to provide a better life for you or create an opportunity for you to succeed so those six words aim high work hard stay humble are i think good words to live by i love it thank you uh thank you danny for joining us we're going to wrap it up now is there any way that um, anyone listening could get in touch with you? Absolutely. So I'll talk first about the museum, AmericanLatinoMuseum.org is a website. I invite everyone to go to the website, sign up to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, donate to the cause if you can on the donate page. Uh, my company website is Varcom.com. You can reach us that way. Our uh, telephone number is there. There's a way to get a hold of us via email and uh Anything that, that I can do to help 
important community causes in the Northern Virginia, greater D.C. region, or for the Latino community writ large, uh, nationally, I'm happy to do. And I want to thank you, Adam, for the opportunity to, to share some thoughts with your audience. Absolutely. Pleasure is mine. Thank you for joining us. Thank you again. All right, guys. Well, we will catch you in the next episode. Remember, in all you think, say, and do, take it to the next level.